Hey everyone, welcome once more to Greenlight Reviews, where we talk about the movies. I'm Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. Today, Anne, we are going to discuss a film called A Hologram for the King. Now, Hologram for the King is about a failed businessman mm-hmm. from the United States who has probably one shot left to keep his career alive. Right. And he travels to Saudi Arabia Mm -hmm. to sell the king of Saudi Arabia a new technological device Mm -hmm. called a hologram. Right. And he arrives, of course, in Saudi Arabia and has quite a bit of trouble. Well, I think we have to say who the star is of this film. I was getting to that. Okay, okay. The star, of course, is Tom Hanks. Before I go any further with this movie, Anne, I have Mm -hmm. to tell you that Tom Hanks is the most likable actor ever. Everybody loves him more than they ever loved Jimmy Stewart or Cary Grant or any of those people. I agree with you. In fact... I have to be honest with you, Les. I consider it my civic duty to see every Tom Hanks movie. Absolutely. Tom Hanks' character in this movie is kind of an innocuous name, Alan Clay. But when I see a Tom Hanks film, it's Tom Hanks up there most of the time, even though he submerges himself into characters brilliantly. I think you're absolutely right. I think that he is an amazing actor, and he is amazing in this role as he is in every role he's ever done. Couldn't agree more. However, this just ain't a very good movie. Mm -hmm. I think part of the problem that I had with the film, although I didn't dislike it as much as perhaps you did, is that this movie has a lot going for it. In fact, it has so much going for it that every time you turn around, there's another storyline emerging. After a while, the audience gets tired of trying to pick out the storyline that they want to go along with. Exactly. I mean, there's a love story, then he's got a lump on his back, then he's got to try and get air conditioning into the tent where his team is holed up. In the middle of the desert. Then he has a comedy relationship with the guy, Yosef, who is his driver. And then there's out-of-the-woodworks sequences that have no bearing on the movie, like when he's going to shoot wolves with Yosef's family because the wolves are eating the sheep. And I'm looking at this scene and I'm going, what in the world does this have to do with the rest of the movie? So that's a problem with the picture. That's the big problem, Anne. I couldn't decide what the movie was about. I understand the basic premise is that he's trying to make this sale. Well, I think the basic concept is something that Tom Hanks does very well, and that is play a guy having a midlife crisis. He can do this with his eyes closed, but he doesn't. In this one, he did it when my eyes were closed. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he's having a midlife crisis, and instead of having it in America, he's doing it in a foreign country. So he's a fish out of water. And it may remind some people of the kind of character that Hanks played in Castaway a little bit, or Bridge of Spies, or The Terminal. These are all movies that deal in some way, shape, or form with the midlife crisis. Right, sure. Like I said, this is the kind of role that is handmade for Tom Hanks. But it is to his credit that he has the acting chops to make what might be stale material entertaining and even seem fresh. That's the way I felt about Hologram for the King. Okay, here are some of the problems. You mentioned that he has a lump on his back. Yeah. Which is a pretty ugly lump. It's probably the size of a ping pong ball, and it's growing out of the middle of his back. And this is a problem that he's had, and he doesn't know what it is. 
So he waits until he is in the middle of Saudi Arabia, <laughs> where there is no doctor within miles and miles, and he's in the shower, and he decides to cut this thing open. Yeah, that was perhaps what I would call an ick factor. Oh, boy. But, of course, this then puts Hanks into the next storyline right. in this film, which is the love storyline. He has to go to a clinic, and the doctor who takes care of him is a very lovely, mature, 40-ish Saudi Arabian woman. Yes. And she is played by the wonderful Sarita Shadri. Right. And, of course, this leads to a certain amount of restrained affection between the two of them. It's all very proper because that's the way things are in Saudi Arabia. Right. And in fact, they have to sneak around in order to have a little rendezvous at her country home. Right. And wouldn't you know that the two of them decide to go for a swim in the ocean? Yes. But because the character Zara is not allowed to be seen swimming with a man who is not her husband, right. she has to just wear men's trunks so that anybody who might be spying on them would think it's just a couple of guys snorkeling. Right. So hence the sequence when we get to see this lovely actress swimming and snorkeling and frolicking with Tom Hanks. Now, I want to say something positive about this because I think it's important that the movies show two mature people who are enjoying each other's company. And there was a lovely passion. It's terrific, Anne, but it just took the whole story off track for a while because what is very important is why he's there in the first place. Yes. And we see that the Saudi Arabian government does nothing for him. Mm -hmm. Every single day, he has an appointment with the king. He shows up to the appointment, and they say, oh, well, he's not in town today. We're terribly sorry, but he promised he'll be back tomorrow. Correct. And the next day he shows up, and he's in another town. Right. Also, he's in Saudi Arabia. Now, I have never been there. I probably will not go there. But anybody who wants to go there could take one look at this movie and say, why on God's green earth would anybody ever want to go to Saudi Arabia? Well, a lot of people apparently like it there because it's one of the wealthiest countries on the planet. Yeah. But here's another little problem with the movie for me, and that was why did they select a British actor, I think his name is Alexander Black, to play the Saudi Arabian sidekick, Yosef. Yes, I thought he was very good, He's by the way. very good. But couldn't they have found a native actor to play that part? It would have been a little better choice, I thought. Almost everybody else in the film was a Saudi Arabian actor. Yes, that's true. Look, as I said, this is a quirky film. I did not dislike this film because I cannot ever dislike anything that Tom Hanks is in. It's just not in my genes to do so. But... This took a lot of effort on my part, I must say. Again, the concept was a midlife crisis, and they explore it from all kinds of different story angles. Look, the guy is broke. His daughter can't finish college. As you said earlier, this is his last shot yep. ever. So he's in the middle of the desert, and he's trying to sell a hologram to the king. That's an oddball concept to begin with. Absolutely, absolutely. We've talked about all the weirdness that happens to the Tom Hanks character, Alan Clay. I think that the movie had some very, very nice sequences, Les. And so I applaud them for, again, showing romance between middle-aged people. I think that's good. 
And I think that Hanks comes to a nice revelation about himself. Yes, he's willing to try something different, something new. And that might be a romance with this very engaging woman. So I liked that aspect of this film quite a lot. I liked it, too. I thought she was strikingly beautiful in a very womanly and Arabic way. Mm -hmm. She's a wonderful actress. But it just didn't make it for me, Anne. And as much as I love Tom Hanks, please go see Bridge of Spies or rent some of the older stuff like Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. Well, the man is a genius on film. There's no question. He is a genius. You know, the thing that gets me about this movie, and it's something that very, very few actors have. Tom Hanks is the only one that I know of currently. But he's so identifiable on screen. We cringe with him, not at him, when he's about to make that announcement to all those workers to tell them that their jobs are over. We smile when he breaks chairs, even though that's an old shtick. We tear up when we see him tear up. We wince when he has a biopsy. And we cheer when he finds love. How many actors ever can have that reaction 100% of the time from an audience? You are right about that. But I think that somebody wrote this film based on a novel without necessarily thinking of Tom Hanks. If anybody else had done it, it would have really been a disaster. But to me, it's still a disaster. Oh, really? Yes, really. Oh. So despite the fact that I love Tom Hanks, I don't think I've ever, ever missed a film that he was in from the time he was a kid. Mm -hmm. I just think he's wonderful. And Tom, I apologize. I can't wait for your next one. But this film does not make it for me. And therefore, a hologram for the king is a red light. Okay. Well, with all due respect, Les... I think you could do a whole lot worse than spend two hours with Tom Hanks and company. Hologram for the King isn't groundbreaking, it isn't mind-boggling, but it's a cheerful afternoon, thanks to Hanks. So for me, this one, a hologram for the King, rates a solid yellow light. Okay, one yellow light and one red light for a hologram for the King. Well, that just about does it for us. We will be back shortly to review another film. Until then, I'm Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And Greedlight Reviews hopes that if you have a hologram to sell to anybody, <laughs> forget about it. Go and have a great time at the movies. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.